Hello. I want to have a bit of a preamble here. I get a lot of slack recently from friends in the field, from people that have found me that understand that I am a friend to the LGBTQI plus community, of course. And I've been losing some trans people that I think are taking offense to my pointing out what this agenda is. And the agenda has nothing to do with anyone in the community that is authentic. The agenda has to do with stuff that Clint and I are talking about here. Uh, It's multi-tiered. With the disclosure at hand and how that deals with transcendence, transcendental experiences, transience, and the understanding that these other beings that we've seen in our tones, angelic beings, uh, archontic beings, I mean, whatever, the good, the bad, and the ugly are non-gender, they're non-binary. And we're seeing something go on where we're talking about sexualizing children in school with the new new curriculum and new people coming in, just like we're talking about critical race theory with children in school. I find this inappropriate, and I find it absolutely part of a harmful agenda. And as I've said a million times, you know what you are. And if you can embrace what you are and then walk with what you are, you are standing in your truth and that's what this is all about most people in the community understand naturally without being hedged or prodded into their preferences and this includes people pushing on to them uh, heterosexualism as well i believe children should just develop and be who they are and what they are is when we start looking at the dynamic of this realm and how we're we're moving through it these are just vessels I am not my gender I am not my sex I am not this body I am so much more and this is my understanding of everything and so when we become over identified we become more entrained and entrapped more enslaved because this is not our home we come here to die remember this is a transient experience and as Clint and I get into the idea of personhood is a big deal and identities are tied to your person and to your personhood that is a trap and so that's what I mean I stand strong I stand before you as a man of God. And you will understand what that means when we get into this very rich, very deep conversation that is the first of many, hopefully. Keep an open mind. I'm not a hater. I love your expression. I love who you are as a being. I don't care too much about how you adorn yourself or how you walk through the world unless you're coming at me trying to harm me. 
and that's a different story. So I'll bring on the show here. Enjoy. special guest that I was just on a panel with over at Hidden Gateway and I had such a good time and I was very much enthralled at the very least with his presentation of the information he's brought forward that is more prescient than ever, more important than ever. This is the time for people to really understand what it is that Clint Richardson is bringing forward. And not only do we start with understanding your straw man and the way in which the world has, how do I say this, enslaved us (laughs) (laughs) to getting into the darkness with the archontic energies and all this. Cliff is the real deal the full picture here and I was delighted that he said he would come on and so there is a blog out there and a book and the book is straw man the real story of your artificial person a private work by Clint Richardson and he has a blog out there realityblogger.wordpress.com and reality blog I think is the name but we'll have Clint clear all that up when he comes on. So I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me now here. Clint, welcome to the Cosmic Salon. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I had such a good time with you and Troy. It was unexpected. You never know. I found myself wanting to hear more. And so... Well, I, I think uh, <laughs> if you just happen to come across me, then it's kind of like uh, coming across that, uh, oh, I don't know, like the preacher on the street where he says something that catches your, <laughs> catches your ear, and then you want to hear, hear a little bit more because you're not hearing this in other places. Why is that? What's what's going on, you know? <laughs> yes. So a lot, lots of years uh, went into gathering up all this information and, and <clears throat> you know, trying to trying to translate it from gobbledygook to uh, to something people can actually understand. So 
Yeah, I think you do such a good job of that. I've had a couple other people on that deal in this territory, but I really find the way in which you present this information to be edible, that that it, it has, I don't know, you've grounded it down into such a way that it feels like I can do this. And I have done some of this, but I am having questions about things I want to do more. And I know a lot of people that will be listening to this in this time now are for the first time thinking about these things. How did you get involved in this? What inspired you to start bringing this information forward? It must have been something in your personal life. And of course, you don't have to talk about your personal life, but you obviously became inspired. Been in, in it since 9/11. Basically, like a lot of people had, 9/11 was sort of a a kickoff for them to explore what the hell's going on. And I just happened to watch 9/11 from my roof in uh, in Manhattan at the time. Oh wow! And so that was a whole completely different experience where the electricity went out, um, the delivery, you know, the the Bridges were closed, so there was no food coming in. So we were fortunate enough to have thought, hey, let's go to the store today and buy some stuff. Fortunately, we had cash because there was no credit. And so I kind of learned a lot um, about that. You know, we don't don't find ourselves, especially in America, in that kind of situation very often where – you know, you you don't have any communication. You don't have any. Uh, you don't know what's going on. Suddenly, you can't use your credit cards. Your cell phones are dead, and you think there's some kind of war going on. You know, your 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 bridges are closed. You, you, you it's, it's it's a bizarre feeling. Fortunately, we, when we got to the store, it was wrapped all the way around and and halfway down one aisle, and we got the last of the water and and some of the food that we we wanted. And if we wouldn't have had cash. Um, I mean, just as an example, if I would have had say, oh, well, thank goodness I had stored some silver or gold, like a lot of people think, um, you know, when I would have gotten up to that counter, that silver or gold piece would not have been accepted as as anything but the face value. Because amongst ourselves, we know a lot of these little things, you know, that's a gold coin. It has some, some extrinsic, you know, value that we pretend exists amongst us but if you go to a store in new york run by let's say a muslim or uh you know somebody that 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 has no um alternative education as as we teach amongst ourselves this type of stuff well then yeah i i would have been literally out of luck i would have not been able to buy food that day because i had i wouldn't have credit i wouldn't have gold or silver would have been meaningless except at face value and basically if i hadn't had cash i would have been in trouble and so i always recommend to people since i've actually been in the situation which is very again very strange for americans to say that you should have cash cash is is everything in that kind of situation only because you know, even in the Bible, the concept of, of, of hoarding gold, okay, we're going to take all this gold, we're going to build a golden calf, and we're going to present it. Why are we building the golden calf? We're going to present it to the next empire so we can have the same status we have in this life that we can have in the next kingdom. We're not we're not saving gold as a, a get-rich-quick type of thing, you know, hoping everything falls apart. We're actually it's a hedge against systems collapsing yes. is what it is. And so that's kind of what gold you should look at gold and silver is not as something you're going to spend 
and hope that that you can agree on value, right? <laughs> With people who have no idea what you're talking about, um, if you're you know if you're unfortunate. So, uh, you know, we were we're fortunate enough to and having gone through that situation, you know, I, I tried to stay in New York, but it just had changed, and so I, I moved to L.A. And that's when I really started getting. I got into um, a group called Weird Change which has splintered and fallen apart as most groups do. And during that time, some guy had this book and I don't think I'll remember the name of the book, but it was the first instance where I ever came across this notion of the straw man and, you know, sort of said, okay, well that's important, but these other things are more important. And eventually it just kept coming back to me as I studied more and more. I realized that it's just a, it's just another term for person in law and, you know, all law is, uh, basically put upon persons. You don't make laws for men. You make laws for persons. Well, and that brings up the question what is a person can, can, you know, is a man a person or does a man have or possess a person or is a person put upon man? Am I born a slave, a title, right? What is my person? What is person just means status in law. And so if you look in the dictionary, you're going to find Stromineus homo uh, from the Latin. So it's a very ancient term, nothing illegitimate about it at all. A lot of people have made it illegitimate by, trying to promise, you know, things which we'll talk about, but just as strictly from a law point of view is where I'm coming from. Not, not because you want to make money from it or because you want to use it for good or bad, right? We're just talking about what is it? It's a person, a persona in, in, in Latin, uh, persona means mask. So in society, in government, in a legal situation, I am not a man. I'm a I'm acting as a person. Persons are also corporations, associations. Anything that has a name, essentially, is is a persona. A name is another word for noun. What is a noun? It's a name, and it's a person, place, or thing, right? So person is obvious. A, a, a place is a jurisdiction, and a thing is a property, all right, so here we here I have this this legal background of, of finally coming around to understand what is a straw man. It's just it's a, something you put up, not yourself in what is called surety. In other words, it's insured. You can't insure a man, but you can insure a person. Now, man or homo in the Latin is a term of nature. It is something that we recognize. In other words, as real. Um, truth, in other words, man can be male or female, just like a deer can be male or female. In fact, woman, strangely enough, is a term of legality. It's not a term of nature. Um, we're all men, and that's very important to understand because once you divide, once you claim not to be a man and you claim women's rights or gay rights or this rights or that rights, now you're claiming the rights of persons, persons places or things. So you've entered into the legal realm. You no longer have the rights or, or what we call the law of nature translated. That means law of God, God, nature, or interchangeable terms, uh, which we'll, we'll talk deeply about today. And if you look Black's law dictionary, for instance, 
when you look up the the term on page 577, man or homo is a term of nature, and person or persona is a term of civil law. One is real, one is artificial. Man is real, the straw man is a fiction that we put up to do commerce. Mm. Now, the best example I can give of that is simply the board games that we play. And to understand that a man cannot, I can't play chess, I can't play Monopoly, unless I have a little avatar that actually fits into that fictional world. So I choose the thimble or the car, right? Anybody that's ever played Monopoly or, or if I'm playing chess, I have that series of pieces and each piece has its own persona, a queen or a king or a pawn. And each piece is bound under the civil law that it can only move certain, you know, places in Monopoly. I roll the dice and that determines my fate. And in other words, I'm not making a choice. And just like in, you know, your, your matrix movies where there's the idea of freedom of choice versus causality. Mm. Well, <laughs> unfortunately in, in a man has freedom of choice. This is where morals come in your moral choice and your, uh, legal ch- legality offers no choice. You know that you're not free if you can't say no to something that is offered to you, a legal, legally, contractually, whatever, any kind of title or, for instance, eminent domain, that sort of thing. If you, if, if things can be taken from you, so then you obviously are not in a system, in a situation where you are a man, you're a person holding a title that actually belongs to government. And that's the important part. Man, a term of nature, that means that whatever you have in your possession, I respect as yours. But if you're in person and you're protecting all those things, your home, your land, you've incorporated them into the legal system. You've put a straw man on basically everything and you've collateralized, in other words, you've collateralized all your property. Well, then (laughs) suddenly I can take everything you have. Another another good example of that is the way the hospital system works, right? If I go into a hospital as a man, well, they have to treat me because it's a charity. It's a, at least what's called an eliminatory corporation. You can look that up. That's what hospitals and churches and everything are supposed to be. Uh, they they provide charity. So you go and you sign up for charity care. Anybody that needs care does not have to deny themselves care. Uh, if you don't have insurance or whatever, you go to a hospital and you get charity care. As simple as that. You demand it. Um, I've I've got the information. If you want that, I can send to you. Yes. Uh, there's there's certain things they have to do, or it's against the law, and they break that law all the time because nobody knows that it's a U.S. code violation if they do not treat you as a, a man, as in a charity situation. Now, persons. Get insurance because men cannot have insurance. Only persons can can have insurance, right? So, the person that little thing on the that little thimble or that little car on the Monopoly board, I can buy all kinds of things. I can buy them hotels. I can I can have titles and I can have all these things that I put into that person because technically the person is just 
it's a form of, of incorporating yourself into the larger structure. Um, the corpus, body, body corpus, right? So you're talking about, you're talking about the difference between what is real and what is artificial persons that have properties only have the titles to that property, but you got to remember who is the, and this is where you, this is where you have to switch gears. This is where you have to understand the difference between the legal law and what we call the law of nature or the law of God. And you have to understand that all the maxims of law that are protective of men, they come from the Bible. The Bible is still written in some places in, in America as part of or the foundation of the common law. Mm-hmm. See, what happened to me is I grew up hating religion. I actually grew up in the Methodist church, and I loved it because they would do things for people, and it was great. But the church service itself was just – it was strictly – like show up and pretend, and then <laughs> then you could do all these good things for people, and that felt like what church was to me. Then I found out there was this doctrine, and they're following. They're, you know, I have, I have no <laughs> no belief whatsoever in what, but the fact that they're feeding people and they're helping people that that felt like what a church was supposed to be. That's that's yes. that's the that's the law of God. That's that's the law of nature to be charitable at all times, yes. to be you know wonderful people to each other, right? To forgive all that stuff. That felt like what it should be. Unfortunately, I grew up in that atmosphere. But when I took this deep dive into the legal structure and the legal law, you know, I really thought I'd hit gold because I started really understanding this. But what I figured out <laughs> is that I understood that it's like, it's like opening up a, a model, like a, to- a, a glue together model and looking at all the pages and saying, okay, I've, I've studied everywhere. Now I understand what the directions say. And yet, all they are is instructions on how to run something or build something that doesn't exist, you know, something fictional, something that's not real. And what I noticed is that every time I'd come across these uh, these terms, you can't understand the legal term unless you understand, of course, the real term. I can't understand what a person is unless I understand what a man is. Mm. Right. I, I mean, how can how can I how can I know what a person is and does if there's not a man acting in that mask, in that persona? Right. I have a question how, here. OK. And I don't mean to interrupt. So say and and you said you would send over the paperwork, but if you go in to, say, get some health care and a lot of people cho- have chosen not to have Insurance, of course, I'm one of those, and uh, and I'm one of those nerds that read through the national health care and was tripping. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my god, talk about a quicksand. Anyway, and so you need urgent health care, and you end up in say the ER. What would that yes. circumstance look like? Well, what you don't want to end up in is anything but the ER, because that's what this applies to. Okay. Okay, so if I'm a hospital, and if I'm going to get all the benefits 
from government of being a charity, if I'm going to get reimbursed, by the way, for charity, mm-hmm. for charity care, then I have to follow a strict set of rules, including the U.S. Code that uh, was passed uh, quite a while ago. Um, and so if, if you'll notice that these major hospitals, they all have ERs. What they're doing to get around this is they're setting up these what are called urgent care. Yes. Those are not bound by this. Those are strictly for-profit organizations in medical or in any charitable what the you know that's the problem is that when you take a natural term like charity and you put a legal definition because remember every word has two meanings a real meaning and a legal meaning <laughs> the legal meaning is always opposed to or opposite of what the um what the natural meaning is, okay? The truth, in other words. The lie can never reflect the truth. It can only manipulate and, you know, essentially destroy the truth and recreate it in its own image. So when you're talking about the medical system, charity does not mean charity. <laughs> charity is a, a commercial structure uh, that's set up in a corporation, Okay. However, to be a, an eliminatory corporation, you must fulfill certain things that are ancient, ancient things dating back to, I, I believe, even pre-Roman times. I might be wrong about that. But uh, the concept is that you must go – and I'm doing this from memory because otherwise I'd have to spend a minute pulling it up uh, – you must treat certain things. You must file certain reports. You must do this. You must do this. You must do this according to U.S. code. Um, however, and I want to make this very clear for you, if you can convince that man that's in front of you who needs urgent care, again, male or female, if you can convince that man to act in legal person, Okay, they don't even have the right to ask you your name. This is why people say those dang illegals they get better health care than us. Mm. Well, why? Why do they get better health care? Because they're actually getting charitable, natural health care required by law. What you did in your infinite non wisdom is you <laughs> said, "Great, I get this job, and I I get to pay all kinds of money to get." "Quote unquote insurance. Insurance is what makes the commercial system spin around, right? Yes. It's the thing. Insurance is everything. Without it, the whole legal system would fall apart. So you're like, yes, I have this insurance, and you <laughs> give it to them, and you say, I have urgent care. My leg is falling off. I need some <laughs> stitches at least, and they say denied. Oh, man. Well, why? Why could they say denied?" Because charity means something different in the legal world, and you've just presented yourself as a person that has insurance. You're acting in person, and that person has insurance, and that insurance says, no, you cannot have or fulfill this prescription drug. It is not needed. You see, it's no longer nature or reality or truth or your disposition, your illness that describes what's wrong with you. It's an insurance agent. That is, or insurance executive in some corporation that says, oh, we're not going to pay for that. 
that would that would for God's sake that would cure the disease. We can't have that, <laughs> right? So, but if you're presenting yourself as a as a again a man of God, in other words, somebody that that is required to be charitably cared for. If I don't give you my legal name, my surname mixed with my Christian name, if I don't give you my social security, if I don't give you that information, they can't turn you away. That would be illegal. It helps to know the law, of course. They cannot force you to give legal information in order to treat something that is real. Mm. And I can't stress this enough. Mm-mm-mm. Right now, like I said I'll, I'll have to do a little digging, um, but I'll, I'll send you the information on that. It's very important. Yes, I um, think this is very important. The, but but you have to understand the concept. You have to understand the difference, and you have to understand that if we're ever going to come out, I, I should say, if you individually are ever going to come out of her Babylon, this system of oppression. The oppression stems from the legal person. All laws are attached to the person. You cannot act in the legal world without a person. You can act privately, which means outside of it, but you cannot play the monopoly game without a person, without a, without a car or a thimble or a shoe, right? Because you cannot – you ever tried to step on a monopoly board? Mm. <laughs> right, it's not. It's not real. The homes on there, you'd be like Godzilla. Right, there's nothing real about it. And yet, how many times have you gotten into your favorite board game and been so serious and just been so oh, yes. incredibly <laughs> eager to win? And what does winning mean? It always means the same thing in the legal realm. It means to screw over your opponents, whether I have it's your a- family or your friends, or whoever, you must defeat. You yes. must be in competition. You must crush them, right? That's Especially that's the if nature. you're the one holding the fake cash and you can slide a little under without people seeing. Sure. But, I but have a, again, I have a what happens to the cash at the end of the game? It all gets refolded back in. Into the bank. Yes. <laughs> right? Because guess what? Money isn't real either. There's no actual value. But as long as you believe that there's such thing as a person, as long as you believe that that person can hold property and be in bondage and surety, as long as you can believe, be made to believe all these things that you can't live without fiction, that you can't govern yourself. <laughs> Well, then, yeah, then all of a sudden you start to see the problem here, don't you? Because we're all acting like we're, we're all acting as persons. I have a wrench to throw in here. So there's a thing out there. There's an, and I call it an agenda. And every time I talk about this, I lose people, but it's all right. If they're this, you know, this is where I'm at. It, so it's the LGBTQI plus agenda. So I mean, no disrespect to anyone in in this realm at all. I mean, no disrespect, but I am talking about the agenda. And when we come back to the de- definition of a man, this is one of those things that has uh, seemed very intentional and this seems at the heart of the agenda itself why all of a sudden they them they there everything but a man everything but a man and so i have the right say i'm a transgendered person that has been was born male and i'm now what did you just say 
You're per- a transgender person. person. And so You're not a transgendered man. Because man, that's not how man works. Man is not a term of gender. Thank you. I, man is I want a the term. clarity. Yep. Homo is a term <laughs> of God. It's a term of nature that describes a species. Yes. And that's why I say you can't even, you can't even, I mean, if you're truly sincere about the truth and nothing but the truth, right? Self-evident truth. And you can't even distinguish yourself as a woman yes, because only in conversation, in other words, not officially, not legally, because then what do they have? They have women's rights. Well, are, are you a man? If you're a woman, are you a man? If you're a person, because <laughs> persons are women, right? Women are persons. Women are not men. Men are male and female, but they're not persons. And I can't stress this enough. This is the duality that is shown in the matrix. This is that, you know, the part that you play in the commercial world. And if you cannot distinguish between, uh, being a person and a man, then you are a slave because you don't even know that you're acting in this little car, this little shoe. You're, you don't even know that you're a pawn on a chessboard and you don't realize that freedom equals franchise. In the, in the legal realm, the word freedom means franchise. It doesn't mean freedom mm. or liberty. It means franchise. And a franchise is, of course, a commercial or corporate term. You can do anything as long as it's okay by the the lead, you know, the creator of persons, which is government. So it's a false god is, is another way of looking at it. So, Clint, everyone pushing this agenda and really moving it forward. Now, it started with women's rights, right? And then it started with gay rights. And then it moved into trans rights and all this. But everything has legally, stri- you know, stripped well, away the idea of a man. And they're pu- right. it's almost gotten demonized. Yeah, and, and you're on the right course. But you're using the wrong terms because see, we've been dumbed down to the languages that, that make up English and they call English a uh, degenerate, uh, they call it dog Latin, the lowest form of Latin. It is a form of many different words from many different, you know, languages, French and everything. But really there's three forms of Latin. There's dog Latin, which is a dog is a reference to four footed beasts, which is, which is what they refer to us as <laughs> the <laughs> slave, right? The beast of burden. Yes. Right. So men that are, Get captured through ignorance, basically, and then you have the two other forms. The highest form, I believe, is a law Latin, which is where we're trying to delve into right now. Law Latin again, homo or man. Uh, all these terms come from that Latin, and all these maxims of law come from Latin. The Bible, of course, written in Latin, taught in Latin, even though Latin is considered a dead language. Well, wait a minute. Well, why are you teaching the Bible in Latin if it's a dead language? Well, because you don't want anybody to figure out that the <laughs> the Bible is the antidote for the legal system, and that's mm-hmm. where, that's the thing you have to realize is is in other words the truth, right? So what's really happening in the in the L what is it L G uh, L G B T Q I plus. I mean, yeah, they keep I'm, adding. I'm not even going to try. Yeah, they keep okay. adding. But what it's doing is what I see is it is actually enslaving people more because they're afraid of saying I'm a man in the real sense of the term exactly. that we're talking so, about. Well, what it's really doing, and and I'll, again, 
language, when I say these terms, remember they're interchangeable terms. What they're doing is taking you away from, in the Bible, what would be YHVH, right? The ancient, ancient term that means existence, uh, truth, uh, the universe, right? The, it's not some separate being that is in a lab creating things, right? It's, it's actually, it has a specific meaning, right? They didn't write, the, these guys didn't write the Bible. I mean, you go back to the Greek philosophers, they knew what what this term YHVH meant, Jehovah. You can say it several different ways. There's a proper way, and when you take Yah, Yah is in a lot of Hebrew names because it has a reference to YHVH, ah, et cetera, et cetera, Jehovah. Um, the point is, what does the damn term mean? And this is where religion leaves you hanging. Religion leaves you, leaves you thinking, okay, God is a man-like thing with a white beard, and he, you know, he, right? You, you use these terms of gender mm-hmm. when you should be referring to what it means, which is two very simple concepts that are very difficult to get, but once you get them, they're so obvious, and that is what is self-evident and what is self-existent. <sighs> what does that mean? Well, if I'm self-existent, that means one and only one thing. I'm not a creation of man. I'm not an invention of man. Because remember, man cannot create so the whole point of understanding what is of nature, what is of God, what is real, what is truth, is simply to understand what is not made man-made. Because all lies, who's the king of lies? Satan. Who's Satan? Well, who's the liars? <laughs> right? You're going to blame Satan? You're going to realize, oh, okay, Satan's just a personification, an anthropomorphization of man who is the king of lies, right? We lie to ourselves. We lie about our own selves all the time. We are liars. And that has to be understood and acknowledged before you can move on. You have to, you have to see everything for what it is. And that brings up the next concept. So we have self-existence. So everything in nature is self-existent. In other words, it's a quote-unquote creation of God. If you cannot understand that the, that or if this gets you upset because you're delving into some concept of religion, trust me when I say the Bible is not a book of religion. The right. Bible is a book of law. Yes. This is why nobody gets it and why everybody <laughs> it's why I my whole life would not even look at it. Yes, same here. <laughs> because yeah, but then then as I'm seeing all these references to it in the legal cell, all the maxims of law come from it and its importance in history and the church and the law. How can I possibly ignore it when it is absolutely 100% opposed to the system we're talking about, which is the legal system? It, over and over, this is what's amazing, over and over in the Bible, every chapter says the same thing. Do not respect persons. (laughs) Do not give persons power. They're false. They're artificial. You think the Bible is talking about what do you think what do you think the first commandment means when it says take no other false gods? Well, I I wondered that myself. And I said, well, okay. What does God mean? Why is the word God used there? And and why should I take no other quote-unquote God before nature, before reality, before truth, Jehovah, right? Not some 
church image or artwork or something artificial that represents no the the truth why should i why should i hold truth above all things life right existence self existence because well I, I look up this term god and it turns out god is a generic why everybody's so confused about the bible is cuz in ancient tomes the word jehovah was used 6000 times now the word god and lord and all these terms are used, and people don't know what to think. And it means 50 different words. It can mean a man, a king. It can mean a magistrate, a judge. It can mean the little lady that's such a, <laughs> such a bitch at your, at your DMV, <laughs> right? Because you're letting her have power over you. You're letting some man, some figure, whether it be a, a man or a, a symbol or a title like president or a title – Right, you look up God, it means prime minister, judge, president, king. Right? It's not this is why this is why the Bible becomes extremely confusing. There's times when it when it'll use the word God twice, meaning two different gods, because this translation was purposefully misleading. It's purposely mis uh you know, misapplied so that you cannot understand what this concept of God is and what a false God is. Well, false God is everything you, you give fealty to everything you give allegiance to everything Mm. you allow to have power over you. And how does it have power over you? Very simple. You voluntarily (laughs) operate in its person. (laughs) All its law applies to the fiction that you pretend to be. So when you're playing the monopoly game, you're voluntarily a subject of the board. Who owns the board? The government, right? <laughs> Is there a property. difference between the new legal and in this in this uh, unwinding of all this? Is there a difference between the New Testament and the Old? Well, I mean, you can get lost in some of the terms, and you can use those terms. A lot of people will search the Bible. And I'll tell you, it's all about intent, because once I changed my intent, only then could I read the Bible. Once I looked up every word for the intent of the author, mm-hmm. right? Once I went back to the Greek, the Chaldean, the the lexicons, the Greek lexicons, theirs, and Strong's Concordance, which is, you know, there to guide you um, through this, when you read it as such, which is what I tried to do with my book – Everything changes. The, the, the terms become clear. You figure out this term God and Lord and Lord God absolutely have nothing to do with this concept of of actual Jehovah God, uh, YHVH. That's why the, the term was not pronounced because it was it, – it's such a – it's such a uh, – the, the fallacy was that it's such a, a high word that you can't even say it because it can't be defined because it is existence. It is like, and the other one is self-evident. So what is self-evident? Well, a, a man, male or female, is self-evident. That's why it's a term of nature, a term of God. A tree, dirt, All the things that are, quote-unquote, the creation – remember, man cannot create. Man can only recreate what is already of creation. So – and that's all – that's the only importance there is. If you take the word, you hear the word creation, and it makes you cringe, or it makes you – 
you're going in the wrong direction because we're strictly talking about how to interpret and how to understand law, how to understand what is the law of nature, that which is permanent, that which can never be destroyed, lest we destroy ourselves, right? Or what is man-made. That's all that matters to understand what you need to understand out of the Bible. Again, it's not a book of religion. It is a book of law. However, in order for that law to have any power— you must follow it religiously. Mm. And there's a big difference in those two terms. Religion is a noun. Yes. Right? But I drink coffee religiously. I shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> right? Those are two different terms. That's yes. One is an action. One is a noun, a title, a fiction. It doesn't mean anything. Right? That's religion. So, back to now, what is self-evident and what is self-existent versus what is made of man. That is, if you understand that difference, then you can separate 99.99% of everything in this world between two things. What is truth and what is a lie? What is man-made and what is, uh, if you will, part of God, part of creation, part of Jehovah? But you have to know what that term means you know, which is truth. God is truth. God is reality. God is. So you, then you, now let's go back to, because now we, we understand the importance of words, right? Yes. Yes. And how the ancient languages were constructed were very, very importantly constructed on the masculine and the feminine. Now I say masculine and feminine today, for instance, die, das, der in the uh, German language, right? D being feminine, and I think das or der, one being neutral, one being masculine, right? L in, in Spanish, uh, all these different terms. English doesn't have that necessarily. We don't speak in those terms. We don't stick that D, der, das in front of our terms to make them masculine or feminine. And if I even dare say nowadays the terms masculine and feminine, <laughs> oh, he's toxically masculine or he's, you know, or, or her femininity is, uh, right? That's no. what I'm talking about. That right. is what this I'm is talking where, about. This is where we have to, to and, and I know it's very difficult. This is where the there's a lost art of neutrality. There's this lost art of being able to look at things without emotion yes. and trying to understand them without, in other words, forget all your beliefs. I mean, this world, all problems would be solved if our beliefs just if we stop believing in anything but the truth. Yes. The self-evident, self-existent truth. Nothing man-made. That would end everything. But I know that's not going to happen. So... <laughs> To understand what this gay rights and women's rights and civil rights and all these things are, knowing that these have nothing to do with the law of nature, that they are all legal concepts. Yes. In other words, they're applied to the person, the status, in other words. Remember, person means status or mask that you're wearing in society. In other words, your title, how high you are in society, all that stuff depends on the person, right? If you're employed – it's your person that's employed, right? It's it's not you. You do the labor. They pay the person, and you cash the checks in person, right? You're doing everything in person. So 
what I'm doing is I'm using a status. And and it's funny because for the most part, these people are saying that they that they're trying to end status, right? right. It's it's all about being <laughs> equal and all this. But see, <laughs> when when the Declaration of Independence and other in its other places, when it says all men are born equal, most people of course, because they don't realize the self-evident truth of this. We're all born, in other words, without titles. We're yes. all born without status. No status can be applied to a child. It's not of the age of consent. We volunteer at the age of consent, whatever that is in each country, to continue on in that person that we've been pretending to be all our lives. Right, this thing that's assigned at the at the at the birth, the birth certificate, right? So you got to understand the person, the status, this mask that we wear to pretend that we are something we are not. This thing we do to dissimulate ourselves from our reality, from truth, right? We do this voluntarily, and what ends up happening is. The word person or a name, a noun, is again a person, place, a thing. These, this is a neutral or neutered term in English. So, what have I done by, by creating this gay, let's just take gay rights, yes. whatever that means. Cause in the, in the dictionary, gay means something completely different than it does today. <laughs> like happy and all right? that. Yeah. <laughs> happy. Right. Um, okay. What, so gay, gay, gay is not a term of nature. Let's understand that first. It's, therefore it's a term applied to persons in civil law. Okay. That means that the law of nature will never change. Okay. What you are, as a quote-unquote creation of God is self-evident, self-existent. How you express yourself is completely up to you. Yes. Right? We're not here to, 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 I'm not here to tell you how to act in nature. There's a law for that <laughs> that is self-evident and self-existent. If we're going to all get along and not be at war and be at peace with each other, it's not going to come from gay freaking rights, <laughs> women's rights, or these rights. It's going to come, and it's not going to come from equal rights because – there's no such thing as equality. All men are born equal. Yes. The only way we can be made unequal is to be in person. You have a title I don't have. You're king. I'm only a magistrate. You're this. I'm not. Right. We accept these things are as 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 real, even though as truth, even though they're artificial. And that is where all problems stem, because that means we're no longer in self-evident truth. We're in the fiction of men. We're in the lie. We're, we're lying to ourselves constantly. We tell our children about the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Why do we do this? <laughs> Does not make sense, right? So what they've taken away, this is my opinion. I wrote a whole article on my blog about it. My opinion is that all these quote-unquote rights <laughs> Uh, which obviously if you're assigning rights to a certain group of people, that is not equal rights, right? That, that you cannot have equal rights. If women have rights that men or, or male 
<laughs> that men in, in the legal term don't have, well, then how is that equal? Right. That's right. That's, mm-hmm. How can you have equality, true equality? What you have is equity, a, a form of equity that is not natural. And equity is, of course, one of the things they push, which, uh, you know, you can't have equity in law. It ha- the, the point I'm trying to make is all these things have to be spiritually given. I have to respect the fact that you have built for yourself on this patch of land your own home and well-being, and I must respect that under the, under the law of nature, the law of God, and I must therefore, you know, as they say, I don't, I don't really like the concept of do no harm. Yeah. Because yeah, I'll tell you one thing, you know, um, the example of Christ. There's nothing. There's nothing unharmful about Christ. He, he was not a. He, you know, he turned the table. He, when, when the when the money changes in the temple, he was not. He was violent. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the concept of do no harm, it turns out, comes from this sort of. Uh, I, I'll say the words. Uh, I don't want to say satanic because I hate these terms, but yeah. the the opposite or the 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 light pretending the darkness trying to be light, right? Say the the evil will always appear or the darkness will always appear as the light. The wrong will always appear as the right, and we will start loving what is what is wrong and and hating what is right. That yes. kind of thing. Yes. Right, and that's where we're at right now. So what they've done is they've taken away. By introducing these fictional titles, I'm gay, I'm this, <laughs> I'm that, I'm woman, I'm man, I'm, I'm Zane, higher than I'm you, Zer. I'm lower than you. <laughs> by, right, by introducing these things, they've further put you into the person, right, the fiction, and they have taken away, therefore, by saying, you can't call me he, or you can't recognize me as a as a female or whatever they've taken away. The the point is not to help you or to give you something that is going to help you in society, some rights or whatever. The point is to destroy the language. The point is to destroy the masculine and the feminine, because without the masculine and the feminine, without one word, you know, taking the entire thing that we have built the emotional roller coaster that we've built over this. Take that down several notches. Forget that we're even talking about reality. We're talking about words, that which we use to communicate. If I cannot say a word that is masculine, by by definition, that has nothing to do with sex. Right. Masculine means it's a more a powerful or authoritative word than the feminine. Yes. Right? We're applying these terms not to men and women, but to words. (laughs) Words are not real. (laughs) Do not be upset. Do not get overly charged because someone says that a word is masculine or a word is feminine. (laughs) That is how it's been for thousands of years. And you suddenly think that that's wrong. So therefore, when you go into a court of law or when you try to communicate with anybody in society, your words, guess what? Your words now have no power. (laughs) 
<laughs> because you're not allowed to act masculine. You're not allowed to even ask, act feminine. You have to act as this neutered, new world <laughs> order, you know, thing that is some cross between LGBTQ and straight. You know, you, you, you have no power behind your language. And that, I'm sorry to say, is what most slaveholders will tell you is that you can never teach the slave the power of your language. You must teach the slave a lower guttural or dog Latin in this case language so that they can never understand how you can control them. And that's what we're here to talk about is how these terms are applied so that and, and, and these tricks that we're talking about so that your words no longer have power. Why do they no longer have power? Because you're not speaking as a man of God with the power of the universe behind you, mm-hmm. right? Yes. With the power of nature, the power of creation and all that crazy, right? You're talking as the property or status person of your owner, which is government, in its chosen language, which is civil law, contract, or commercial law, therefore putting you in a completely 100% subservient or feminine position where everything that is said has power over you. Amazing. And that's what the legal <laughs> language is designed to do. <laughs> you know, as you're talking, I, I can't help but think when I think dog Latin, it, it seems interchangeable with the idea of slang and how that's become such a, you know, th- there there are lots of slang languages out here within dog Latin that have become popular, if you want to go there with that. It, or, um, you know, I, I don't want to point... It, my finger at anyone, but I think you know what I'm saying. So there's a lot well, of but, slang. But see, here's here's all you have to remember. You have to start reorganizing your thoughts and saying, okay, what happens if I'm acting in person? In other words, if I expect to have consumer protections and social security and I've signed up for all these things, I have insurance all the time. Therefore I'm always in person. I spend money. I expect to have insurance and consumer protections. Everything I do is essentially under the protection of government. And the maximum of law is with protection comes subjection. Mm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You no longer have the protection of God. Which is to say, no, you, you're now acting in person, which is to say yes to whatever is told to you. So you got to understand that they've put you, they, if you go in front of, let's say a police comes up, a policeman comes up to you, let's say anybody comes up to you that's with government, or let's say you go to court Do you know how happy they're going to be in court or in some legal situation that you're completely ignorant of the law that you've agreed to be under Mm. by acting in person Mm -hmm. that you've agreed to be? I mean, you want to know how bad it is? I always tell people, if you want to know how bad it is, you can look up Title 42, Section 1981. (laughs) (laughs) And that's actually part of the civil rights. Title 42, section 1981, it says that you, as a person of the United States, 
have the right to be put in pain, punished, taxed, licensed, and extorted uh, or exacted. Yes, a tax. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. That, that's your right. You think, wow, I love, I have rights. Yeah, that's your right. <laughs> what are, the, again, what are legally derived rights are opposite of what are God given or natural rights. My right in the, in the, the realm of truth is to always, and this is what we should be doing, always be saying no to legal rights, legal contract, legal this, but they're always going to dangle money or some other thing that you're addicted to that you're going to say, oh yeah, I got I to gotta have insurance. I can't live without insurance for God's sake. You know, there's no creature on earth that has insurance except man, but I got to have it. Right? How do you, you don't, say, don't, how do you legally say no? Uh, is it, I don't understand don't, or? You don't, you, you, you don't ever legally speak. Right. That's so it, for under, under, as a man, under natural law, is there, is there any kind of general way to say this? Is, is it, I well, don't I understand? Mean, there's sort of an unspoken or un, uh, how do I say this? There's a sort of hidden uh, uh, thing when we, when it comes to the character Christ, Right, which is the example you're supposed to follow. In other words, here's a man following the law of God, and he's always getting out of situations. They can't prosecute him. They can't do anything to him because he's speaking the correct way. What is he doing? Is he speaking some secret language? No. No. In there's there's two different places, okay, that are that are considered by the legal realm. There's public and private. If you're in the public, then you're in the legal system. Yes. If you're in the private, then you are excluded from, you're in a private association or you're doing whatever it is to get you out of this tyrannical federal system. Okay. If you're acting privately. So you got to consider that the United States is an individual entity that is private or foreign from the 50 states. So if I act privately, then I'm no longer acting in the United States. I'm acting under my state constitution. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm accepting that, and I'm accepting the fact that there is the United States, but I'm not accepting its law. So if I wanted to start a private medical association, for instance, which there are plenty of, private church, private this, private that, private means foreign to. And this is why they say the several states. Several means private or foreign. Every state is foreign to each other. And the United States, this this corporation in Washington, D.C., not even part of the 50 states, yeah. <laughs> nation state, in other words, is foreign from all 50 states. Yes. But there's treaties and contracts and everything and constitutions and all these different things to where the delusion that the states have any sovereignty anymore is ridiculous. But that's because we don't realize one very important thing. What is a state? To people. Yes. Okay, so when you say the state has has uh, sovereignty or the state has privacy, the state is foreign, I don't mean looking at a map and saying, okay, this, this, this fictional border has, I mean, a people called California have sovereignty. In other words, you have to act the part. Mm. 
Okay. So in other words, you don't participate in commerce. And that's really what it all boils down to. If you're in common law, you are not in commerce. If you're, if you, this is why the United States was appointed a, a overall interstate and international commerce, because if you're acting within California, let's, I'm just using that as an example. Well, then you're not doing anything inter, you're not, you're not invoking anything national or international. Therefore, the United States doesn't, the whole U.S. code doesn't apply, right? So it's not. Something you got to understand. This is a spiritual war. The spiritual war. It's yes. a war against the spirit. Yes. What is the spirit? The spirit is the soul. They mean the same thing. Yes. I did a deep dive on that too. The spirit and the soul. When they say, "Oh, that kid's got spirit," that means that means that means what? Whatever's driving him, that's his spirit, right? Well, what is driving you? Is it money? Well, then you're going to be in the system. Is it titles, property? Is it everything but the law of God? Well, then you're going to be in the system. You might as well just get used to it, right? You might as well accept the fact that you're plugged into the matrix and you're not gonna you're not gonna leave. <laughs> so it's the way you act. You see, all these non-spiritual, or in other words, nothing not of God, man-made things are being thrown at you to addict you to keep you in that system of commerce. And the entire international law, this law of nations and all these nation states, that's what this is based on. It's based on the fact that you've abandoned nature, you've abandoned its law, and you've turned your, – your spirit is driven by the civil law, by the law of commerce. Your, your spirit is driven by money or, in other words, mammon, mm. which mm-hmm. is the root of all evil, <laughs> right? So – the Bible starts to make a hell of a lot of sense when you start looking at it correctly and you start saying, okay, I see now that the Bible is against persons, it's against flattering titles, it's against all the things that we respect over here in the legal system. I'm doing everything wrong. But our response, our spiritual response, because most of us are good people and we don't think we're doing anything wrong, we don't have any idea that the last hour of what we've been talking about even exists. That that persons, that I'm acting in this status, I don't even know it, right? The problem is that's being used to entrap you, to enslave you, to get you, uh, and and yet the whole, so what most people say is, well, I haven't done anything wrong. (laughs) But you see, what what, what the Bible would say is you haven't done anything right. Yes. You've allowed yourself to be neutral to a completely evil, anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-nature system. And I mean that in the, in the most spiritual sense, not a religious sense. Right? Yes, yes. I mean anti-law, anti, anti-reality, anti-truth, right? Um, you've allowed yourself to be completely neutral, to do nothing, to not stand up for anybody or anything, including yourself. And therefore, you know, even the stories about, <laughs> well, why aren't we going to go to heaven or why, are we gonna, why aren't we in your kingdom? Well, <laughs> you never, he, God says, Jehovah says, you never knew me. You never followed my law. Mm. You never did anything 
you know, you never applied it. You never said no. You never stood up and said, no, I refuse to be amoral or immoral. You you never did that. You just went along with everything and then said, well, I haven't done anything wrong. Meanwhile, everything's collapsing. Everything's being destroyed. Nature itself is being trampled mm-hmm. because all these corporations, which, by the way, are owned by governments through stock, mm-hmm. are trampling over the – they're killing that which sustains you to support the, the money system, the legal system, that which is opposed to nature. And that's where we're at right now. I have a question to wrap up this first bit. And clearly, I'm going to want to have a lot of talks with you, Clint. And I know this is probably a loaded question, but how does one say you're just a normal person out there, and I do mean person, uh, and you all of a sudden are coming to this awakening, how difficult is it to unentangle yourself from all this? It's So I, I like to tell people that there are some questions that can only be answered by you. In other words, like I cannot tell you that there is a path out there that you're going to find a physical path because that's what everybody's looking for. Everybody's yeah, looking for, <laughs> for an, you know, I, what I'm telling you is that the example, the only example that you should be following is not certainly not me. Okay. Right. I'm stuck in here along with everybody else. Right. I'm just trying to figure out how to leave. Right. And I, and I just recently came to the understanding of privacy, which, you know, we can talk about, but I, you got to understand this is your path and whether you choose, whether your spirit drives you away or into is completely your choice, your path. I cannot tell you where that path is going to lead I can only tell you that the only one that can answer your question, I don't want to participate in this completely immoral structure. I don't want to be in commerce. I want to act charitably. I want to love. I want to be free to to be, uh, as the Bible says, a son of God. I want to be part of nature. I want to live under its law. I cannot tell you that you have to act the part. This is what I'm saying. You have to start doing right. Yes. You have to refuse all these legal things. And I'm sorry, but I mean, I can't find any place that says that you're going to be a rich man because you leave the system that's, that is the inventor and holder of money. Yes. Right. The money is not yours. What you buy with that money is not yours. Your property is not yours. You're listed as a tenant in your car, in your home. You do not own anything. There are several statutes that point to that. Several quotes in Congress that the the money represents a mortgage on all all people's property. You don't own anything because everything you think you own is owned by the person. Mm-hmm. You've registered it in an artificial legal corporation, essentially. It's- so I cannot tell you, and this is this is the hard part. This is why I tell people you can't look if you if you start entering into this, you're going to fall into the same problem I did, and that is the truth is not a sellable commodity because everyone out there is promising you that if you 
because of this straw man knowledge and because most people have such limited knowledge of it, you can take your birth certificate <laughs> and you can register it and you can you can authenticate it and you can get access to this account that has billions of dollars in it and there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow if you can just find the freaking rainbow that doesn't exist. <laughs> Right, And so I'm up against that kind of nonsense. I'm up against people promising that if you follow, if you turn in my paperwork or you do this, you do this, you're going to get some financial reward. Yeah. And if you turn on the religious shows, it's all about fine. It's all about, hey, send us $10 and you're going to have miracles happening. <laughs> get money, 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 prosperity <laughs> preaching. But you see, that's all part of the matrix. You yes. can't. Do it unless you're plugged into the matrix. And therefore, you're not in God's kingdom. You're not in nature. You're not following the law of God, which is the example of Christ. So what I'm trying to tell you is that the only way that you're ever going to know the answer to that question is if you decide finally that what you're seeing this immorality and what it's doing to people, the, pers the, the, the fact that you're not supposed to act in person, the fact that you're not supposed to respect, you're going to have to decide that that is your truth. It, it, or in other words, accept that which is self-evident truth, that all of this is a lie that we're living, that we're agreeing to, that we're voluntarily participating in. But I cannot tell you what lies on the other side of that leap of faith that you're going to take? Mm. I can tell you that every experience I've had with people who are not influenced by what we're talking about, who are good people at heart and who get confused and misled by this persona and by all these legal laws and by all this anti-nature, you know, anti-law stuff, if I were to show up at someone's house and ask for conversation or ask for, uh, can I do some work around your home in exchange for some food and shelter? May I, you know, may I work and, and stay in your, in your <laughs> barn or your shed? May, I guarantee you that most people are going to be helpful and charitable because that is their self-evident nature. Mm. Because at that moment, there's nothing legal happening. And I think you could compare this to times of war. Um, histories of, say, you know, uh, what they don't want you to talk about, which is the, the Germans, yes. for instance, taking yes. in the Jews. Or... This, the right now, what they don't want you to talk about, which is all the Russians that are taking in all the the, the former Russians yes. that you're not supposed <laughs> to be Russian anymore in Ukraine, <laughs> taking all these refugees. They're not telling you this, yeah. right? That 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 you're go you're going to have to, uh, because most people will say, "Well, I got to walk in the woods," or or have to just leave all these conveniences and everything. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. You have to you have to follow the law. The law says be charitable at all times. Well, there's no money in charity. Charity, sorry, that's legal charity. You have to be forgiving at all times. If we were forgiving at all times, there'd be no court system. There'd be yes. no legal need for a legal system. If we were following the laws of love, charity, and forgiveness, 
we'd knock out 99% of the reason we have governments in the first place. Okay. But you see, you have to realize that, no, this is not about walking into the woods and eating bark. <laughs> this is actually about going out and because what else is, remember, what is part of God? What is part of nature? What is a term of nature? Man. Yes. Yes. So when I go and I say I'm going to leave this system, that does not mean that you have to leave man. Right. In fact, you're going to have to count on the goodness and charity and self-evident nature, self-existent nature of man. You're going to have to count on the fact that they haven't been so corrupted that they turn you in or do something to you. You know, you're going to have to be faithful in men again. That's part of going back to nature. If you think about that, that's part of the problem because we're now, I mean, I'm, I'll be the first one to say people scare the shit out of me. Yeah, same here. Now, yeah. Because they're so influenced by all these legal uh, things, legal uh, rewards and legal influences you know that's that's very scary but what i'm what i'm trying to say is there has to be a point where you where you as 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 gandhi said you have to become the change it's not something you just sit back and hope for you have to start (laughs) acting and the only you know one more thing i'll say on this and people aren't going to like this okay because Christ is a metaphor. Yes. Okay? Yes. Christ is, a, Christ is an allegory, and it's very important to understand that. It's very important, important to understand afterlife, not part of the Bible. Afterlife, you will not find in the Bible. Uh, one other thing you will not find is the notion of the return of Christ. When mm-hmm. we say the return of Christ, Christ being defined as logos or the law of God, mm-hmm. okay, personified as a character, just like every other book of that time, you have this anthropomorphized character, Jesus Christ, that represents the law of God and how to be, to be the example of how to follow. If you think of Christ as God, well then it's, it's a pointless book, pointless story because we're not God. Right. What it, what, what Christ is supposed to be considered as, as is a man who has the same exact flaws and desires of all the sinful things, as they say, right? All the league, but who overcomes? How does he overcome? Well, that's the story you have to follow. You have to then follow the law. You have to, to follow Christ is to follow the law. Mm. See, that's what people don't understand. It's not, oh, I believe in Christ, and I he's now my best friend, and I'm just going to sit back and let everything evil happen in the world. But I got Christ on my side. I'm going to be holy for two hours on Sunday, and the rest of the time I'm going to go back to my legal life and do everything anti-God and anti-Christ that I can. No, this is ridiculous. This is religion, and this is why religion has no place in understanding the law and the Bible and how they intermingle, what its what its purpose is. Because I, I tell you, the Bible in every way is 100% against uh, the legal system. Now, what I was trying to say before is that the hidden message for Christ, in my opinion, is that in the public, Christ always spoke in parable. Yes. In 
private amongst his trusted people, private people who he knew were not going to use the legal system against him or try to twist his words and make them legally oriented, right? They were going to sue him, in other words, put him into law. He would speak openly and candidly, but in public where people are acting not as themselves, but as flattering titles and persons and all the things that are forbidden in nature and truth. Well, then he'd speak in parable. And what is that parable? Parable, speaking parable means if I come up to Christ or you or anybody else, if I'm out there and someone asks me a question, you got to consider liability. Yes. You got to say, hey, hey, listen, uh, you know, what should I do? What do you think I should do? You know how people always say on these websites, this is not legal advice. Yes. <laughs> I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. Same thing. Yes. What they're really saying, what they're really saying is what Christ would say in a situation where he could get sued, where yes. he could be responsible for his words. He would tell you. He would give you a choice because that's what freedom is. Freedom is the choice to do either wrong or right. Right? So he would say the wise man would follow this path while the fool (laughs) will follow this path. (laughs) And I got to tell you, as I was reading the Bible and going through each word and understanding, I can't tell you how many times uh, I'm the fool. I'm the fool following the fool's path. (laughs) But he says that because then now suddenly I've given you a choice. I haven't given you advice. I've given you moral choice. (laughs) And that's at the heart of everything. (laughs) this is incredible and we're wrapping we're going to wrap up this first hour ish with having you guide folks i'm not sure to your website and your book uh yeah well it's been it's been tough as you mentioned earlier uh the shadow banning and the uh i can't really find my website anywhere anymore <laughs> but it's i i sort of put a farewell because i'm like this is pointless i you know I, I it's a reality blogger blogger has one g which is the one thing that makes it findable uh reality blogger.wordpress.com that is 12 years or so of my sort of main website my main blog from when i left Hollywood. Um, I was a professional sound designer out there uh, after I left New York. So um, that is, uh, you know, pretty much all my documentaries and everything are are somewhere in there. Um, You can go to strawmanstory.info and download a free copy of the book. Um, I also will give the book it's kind of explained in the book but i give it i give the book free in sort of an exchange situation for uh, donations i guess is the best i actually i actually use the correct term which is an unconditional gift yes which in law cannot be uh you know it has it, it's a it's a it's the correct use of the language which you'll understand if you read the first chapter of the book but um it's a very long book it has over two thousand words defined in the legal a lot of words to find out of the Bible. So I mean, we're talking about essentially the full definitions minus the citations and everything. So that's what makes it a 1,200-page book because you're actually learning 
the language and to to put it how it should be put is you're you're learning that the bible well I'll I'll say the legal system you know you have all these dictionaries and all these things that explain what the legal words are but what you don't have is the story of the legal person yes right which is why I call it straw man story the story of your artificial person but over here you have the bible but what you don't and you have this great story but what you don't really have is all the dictionaries and everything behind it they're there but you don't really have access to them you don't really think about it so i tried to tell the story of both because you you cannot what you find is you cannot be in one story or the other you have to be either a man or a person. You cannot be lukewarm. You cannot be both. Yes. No matter what somebody tells you out there, tries to sell you, you cannot be a person and be a man at the same time. You're either a man of God or you're acting an illegal person. You cannot be both because they're directly opposed to one another. And that's the whole point is to show that opposition. And then, um, so that's strawmanstory.info. It's a free download. My other book, my second book is on my blog. My third book I actually read aloud and haven't published it because I'm planning on probably printing some books here soon. You can go to Red Pill Sunday School. (laughs) Red Pill Sunday School channel on YouTube, BitChute, and my main one is Odyssey. Excellent. So I want to thank you deeply for this first part of our conversation here. You amaze me, and I'm an honor to be a man with you as a man. <laughs> You're a homo. <laughs> I am a homo. <laughs> it is this is this is really God's work you're doing. And for people that don't understand all this, I hope they start to because neutrality and looking at this kind of content in the world where it we're existing within simultaneously with nature it's very tricky and it's getting it's becoming more tricky which is why i wanted to bring out some of these agendas because they're pulling people in according to what they've been conditioned to think they are and so we are out here and we're talking. And with that, I want to thank everyone for joining us and we will get into another dangerous conversation here on the back end. All right, there he goes. Clint Richardson. I want to thank the producers of the show. Yogi Chander, Cass, Christy Tesmer, Eric Peterson, Jason Lampson, Jessica Lynn, J.H. Armstrong, Laura Dunn, Luis B., Marcy Shapiro, Mark Betcher, Melanie Poe, Michael Wachter, Michael Watts, Neil McNaughton, Noelle Jeanette, Steel Fiona, Babs, our in-house and my relative, genealogist, and another one of my relatives, JJ. Rand de Blanc. Amazing, amazing jewelry. If you've not had any JJ jewelry, you are definitely missing out. This was quite a show. And to date, this has been one of the best shows for me. 
for many, many reasons. It may be nothing new for some of you, but I had quite a lot of uh, dot connecting going on, light bulbs going on from where I stand now, where I am now. And it's deeply moving for me when I have these experiences, especially you'll understand more when we move into the second hour of this because we move off of the legal stuff and get into some of some darker stuff. This is all actually pretty dark, and I hope everyone is starting to understand where we are in the realm, how the realm is playing out, and what what we are within the realm, the dream. And so I am going to leave it here and invite you to enjoy the second hour once it's posted, and Clint and I are going to have many more talks. In fact, we're scheduled to have a talk here in a couple days. So this is just the beginning of what I think is going to be a very dynamic and rich relationship regarding this material and moving this material forward. As you know, he is extremely shadow banned, more so really almost than anyone else I've seen. So that should tell you a lot. Remember... We are in some sort of situation here, and it is our due diligence to question what's going on, to analyze the experiences we're having, to look at the anomalies, to push into deja vu and the glitches, into time shifts and Mandela effects, questioning the memories we have, pushing forward into what is going on we are giving ourselves a gift by embracing consciousness by allowing the simulacrum to communicate with us the dreamer loves the dream the dreamer feeds the dream the dreamer awakens within the dream thank you for dreaming with me here in the cosmic salon (laughs) 